is success. 13 minutes after 7 o'clock and it's our successful South African series which continues tonight. And he's the recipient of not one but two Lifetime Achievement Awards for his contribution to literature and the arts. In 2008, he was awarded the Order of Ikamanga from the State President of the Republic of South Africa for his outstanding and excellent contribution to democracy, peace and justice through the medium of theatre. He's renowned for several award-winning plays, including South Africa's longest-running play in the 1970s, The Lani's Pleasure. He was also nominated for South Africa's Best Playwright in 1971 for the internationally acclaimed play At the Edge. And he's also an honorary doctorate recipient from the Durban University of Technology. We speak to the legendary South African playwright about his journey to success, as well as his childhood, family and other passions. When I walked into the studio earlier, he said, Alan, don't make it about me. I lied to him. I said, Ronnie, don't worry, we won't make it about you. But tonight it is about Dr. Ronnie Govender. And uh, it's an interesting time that we have Ronnie here because he's played such a significant role in focusing and telling damn good stories about South Africa and the people who make up our beautiful nation that on a day like today and the events over the last few weeks where our country's been in a bit of pain, a bit of anguish, uh, some intolerance around lack of compassion and understanding. Ronnie Govender, uh, I'm sure, you know, for you and your artistic work and all that, it means a difficult time in the history of our country right now. Yes, very, very difficult time. Welcome to Lotus FM, by the way. Excuse me for being rude. It's nice to have you in the studio. I'm quite excited, actually. Of all the interviews I've done, uh, you know, I'm being exceptionally excited because when Yashika told me some weeks ago, we're going to wait for Uncle Ronnie to get up from Cape Town to be in studio. I've been counting down the days. When I was in Dubai two weeks ago, I was looking forward to this Tuesday to have you in studio. So really, it's my absolute pleasure to have you. I feel deeply humbled. So before we talk about uh, the secret to your success and your wonderful and outstanding career and the many achievements and your childhood and the stories about Durban and growing up in South Africa. You know, uh, in particular, I know, uh, apart from uh, the wonderful plays you write, you're also a good poet. And there's something that you wrote uh, some years back, which I think is very apt. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd I'd like to begin tonight's show with you reading uh, the poem that you wrote called Who Am I? Can you do that for us? Yes, certainly with pleasure. Who am I? I have been called an Indian, South African Indian, Indian South African, Kuli, Amakula, Amandya, Charo. Who am I? I am like my father and my mother and their fathers, <coughs> excuse me, and their mothers before them, a cane cutter, housewife, mendicant, slave, market gardener, factory worker, midwife, freedom fighter, trade unionist, builder of schools, of orphanages, poet, writer, nurse, embraced by the spirit of Cato Manor. Unbowed, unbroken, I am of Africa, surging with the spirit of the Amgeni as it flows from the Drakensberg through the valley of a thousand hills, of the timeless Karoo, clothed in a myriad feinbos blooms. I am of Africa. Africa pulsing with the spirit of Lumumba and Lutuli, of Rick Turner, of Lenny Naidu, of Veliama, Bram Fisher, Timol and Effigy, of Victoria and Griffiths and Kanga, whose assassins lurk in the shadows, their voices still spreading the venom of race hate, of internecine strife, and who seek to deny me what is mine, given me by Thambi Naidu, Dadu, Naika, Lutuli and Mandela, given me through the loins of Baker's Vanman Dorosami, through the womb of housewife Chelema, 16th May 1934, in a humble abode in Cater Manor. 
They will not displace me, though I feel the weight of generations. I know who I am. I am an African. Mm. Prophetic words. Uh, when did you write this, Ronnie? Yeah, there was an occasion, you know, uh, when uh, my uh, nationhood, I believe, was challenged. I was introduced at a literary conference as an Indian playwright. Right. So I said, you don't introduce Atul Fugard as a white playwright. You don't introduce Bungeni Ngema as a Zulu playwright. Mm. Why do you introduce me as an Indian playwright? I wasn't born in India. I was born in South Africa. And later, I was accosted by um, a gentleman in the audience um, who said that it was arrogant of me um, to call myself an African when everything about me was Indian. I looked Indian and everything else. And I said, you know, my friend, you and I are genetic accidents. You didn't ask to be born what you were born. Were born neither did I. Mm. Not that I'm ashamed of my heritage, and indeed I'm very proud of mine, and I'm sure you are proud of yours. However, you as a fellow genetic accident have no right to define me, another accident, to, to mark out which territory I belong or don't belong to. A little later on when we were having coffee, he said, you know what, I never looked at it that way. I said, well, it's time you took off your racial blinkers. So you're a South African playwright and you're proud of it? Very much so. I think more than that, though, you know, I mean, playwright, and that's uh, the gift that you've not just shared with audiences, but uh, with different generations. And if you bring it back to the real world, because, you know, some people, uh, and, and they box you, right? Mm -hmm, so so mm -hmm. they'll, they'll categorize you. So whether Absolutely. you're an Indian playwright, when you're a South African playwright, some people will say you're an activist, you know, you're a political uh, mm -hmm, writer. Mm -hmm. And you've steered away from that because you weren't a political writer. Yeah, no, well, you know, I mean, it def depends on how you define politics. Um, you know, I was uh, in, the, in the good old days or bad old days, whichever. Bad old days, let's call them <laughs> <laughs> Please. The, um, uh, the establishment writer, critic, theater critic, uh, would define me generally as a protest writer. Right. Now, I don't uh, deal in one-dimensional sloganeering. I tell stories. I tell stories about people real people who live within a certain reality. Uh, in South Africa at that time, uh, the news media was part of the propaganda, part of the indoctrination, that there was only one reality. Mm. And so when a different reality was presented, some people felt threatened. Most of all, those people who were supposed to be journalists and theater critics. Uh, and so, I believe I am a political writer because I write from certain realities. I do believe that the environment has an impact on people. I mean, it's nature as well as nurture. And politics plays an integral part of that. Not the cheap power-seeking politics of the demagogues, but politics on a, on a more philosophic scale. But you certainly weren't just a protest writer. No, certainly not. In fact, there was a gentleman from the Sorbonne University, Jacques Perrier, right. who said that the strength of the Lanish pleasure was that he told a story, and yet it was a far more powerful attack against apartheid than many other plays which, and I don't hate to mention the names of the prominent playwrights he mentioned, right. which he felt was sloganeering. 
You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, at the edge, Lani's pleasure, you weren't just conjuring up these things from an imaginary source. I mean, these were the stories of the day. You were writing about South African life, South African characters. Uh, and that's, I'm, I'm assuming, from the outside in, that's where the inspiration came from. Yeah, certainly. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, uh, I'm not going to um, dodge the fact that I wrote from my own experience, yeah. which um, I, I think springs from, you know, um, a place. Uh, if you look at Arkainarani wrote about Malgudi, a little village. Mm. Uh, and if you look at James Joyce, James Joyce wrote about Dublin and the places of uh, his hearth. And he wrote it in a dialect that was peculiar to that place. And to some people, that dialect might be difficult to follow, but the Joyce's works were regarded as classics, mm. literary classics. I think the challenge is, if I may use a cliche, it's become a bit of a cliche, but the challenge is to find the universal in the local. And that's what I looked for in Cater Manor. When I told those stories about the people I remembered in Cater Manor before its terrible destruction by the Group 80s Act. You know, and uh, please excuse me, I'm just going to deviate for a second because sometimes when I talk to my wife and she's cooked a wonderful meal, I say, <laughs> love, you know, the food's tasting extra special tonight. Mm -hmm. And she says it's cooked with love. Mm. Uh, I can't help think when you were writing, even though it may have been pain, and talking about uh, things that, you know, when we stand back and you, you wonder what on earth did we go through 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s, you wrote with love, Ronnie. Yeah, yes, I certainly did. I mean, um, yeah, are we on? Yeah. So, you know, in terms of writing uh, and writing with love and looking at uh, the experiences, you've come across some wonderful uh, actors in your time. Uh, and uh, I know before we just quickly go to your childhood, you're in Durban for a particular reason. Uh, and I think, uh, is it tomorrow night you, you'll be opening up at uh, the... Uh, Shibaya Izizulu Theatre. That's right. And it's called Funniest Moments. And uh, you, you, you'll be working with the likes of uh, Jaloshli Naidu, who's uh, a colleague of ours here on Lotus FM, wonderfully talented young lady. Uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Ramesh Hassan and uh, Harry Ramkison as well. That's right, Henry Ramkison. Henry Ramkison. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Jaloshni is joining us on the line. Evening, Jalosh, how are you? <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. So, Ronnie tells me you should be on stage rehearsing for tomorrow night. Absolutely. <laughs> because he's not there. I dropped off earlier. <laughs> right, well, listen, Jalosh. And this is called Court Red-Handed. <laughs> well, you know, we're not going to keep you too long. The reason why I, I wanted you to uh, share a few minutes with us tonight is that, uh, you know, we in special company with uh, Ronnie Governor in studio, uh, you know him, uh, you know, much, much more intimately than uh, most of us. Don't let out all the secrets. Eh? Now, tell me, Jaloshni, you know, I mean, he's got, he's got presidential honours, order of Ikamanga, honorary doctorate, he's... Uh, revered the world over. Uh, you know, in your perspective, yeah. how special is this man uh, in my studio tonight? Well, you know, when you said you're in very special company, I was just going to interrupt you and say you are in incredibly special company. You know, Ronnie is an amazing man um, who has contributed so much as far as the art is uh, concerned here in South Africa. Mm. He's a real stalwart of the theater. He's a pioneer of the cultural boycott. And you know he's received so many awards. But for me, what is most incredible about the man is his humility. I think he is an absolute joy to work with. I have met Ronnie years ago when I was a student in the drama department at the university. And at that time, you know, everybody was like, 
we were in awe of him because we heard of Ronnie mm. Governor, the big writer, and you know he was a name that we all knew of. So as a drama student, we all really wanted to meet him. And I remember he came to one of our third year productions, uh, which I was uh, performing in, and uh, we all knew Ronnie Governor was in the audience. And he came down to the to the change room after the the performance and knocked at the door and for me, and I was so completely surprised. And he said to me. I watched the performance and it would be lovely to work together. Right. And that was the start of our working relationship. Uh, we worked on many performances and plays together. Uh, I think he's one of the most incredible writers. You know, he writes about the community. I've done uh, one woman shows with the Kedamana Stories at the Edge in 1949, uh, which have been huge hits, not only here in South Africa, mm. but at the Edinburgh Festival, performed in Toronto, it's been performed in India. And um, and audiences everywhere, you know, it moves audiences everywhere. And while it's just the story of the Indian community in South Africa and how they were possibly removed during the Deep Area Act, he has an incredible way of bringing characters to life and and keeping them so vibrant and dynamic and alive. And um, and he does it all with this humor and this wit. Um, so there's a lot of serious messages, but he does it and makes it so accessible and so fun for an audience. It's literally a roller coaster ride. And, right. and for a writer to be able to do that with characters, it's really incredible. And you know, Alan, as a performer and actor myself, it's a dream to work with such characters. And it always is so much easier with a brilliant writing like Ronnie. So. Well. You know, um, you rattled off at the edge, 1949. I think the others that come to mind, Offside, Inside, Beyond Cavalry, Swami. Of, um, tell me of all the plays, yeah. right? What's your personal, yeah. what's Jeloshni Naidu's personal pick of the bunch from what Ronnie Governor has penned? I think that's a difficult question. I love a lot of his plays. Like Lani's play, every time I watch a bit of it, I'm just in complete awe and enthralled by it. But for me, I think I'll be, I'll be a little bit subjective in what I choose because I've done that at the edge in 1949. Right. For me, those stories, because as a performer, you know, there's so many lovely, lovely, delightful characters. And they're about like 33 or 32 in each of them. And I have the opportunity to play all of them. So um, it was quite a journey for me as a performer, and that is why I have a personal prejudice towards those particular plays. But really, just to see, you know, Alan, no matter how many times I did those, and this will tell you why I think they are so superb, the, the stories themselves that he wrote, is because I performed them, and uh, those characters still make me laugh when I perform them. And the, the characters that literally give me a lump in my throat and move me to tears as a performer when I do them, because I think of my grandparents and my mm. great-grandparents, and I think everyone who watches that is identifying with somebody in their lives. And, I, you know, so I have a personal preference to, the, to those particular sure. stories for that reason. All right. but, but what I'm saying is that as a, as a writer, you're able to do that over and over again. I mean, I'm performing it so many times and I'm still moved by it. For a writer to be able to do that with characters in a story, that says a lot about the kind of writing it is. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that. Now, uh, I promise that I'm going to let you go at 7.30 because you need to get back on stage. (laughs) Just before she goes, I I, I just want to mention that I owe a debt of gratitude to Jay Loshin. She came up to me and said, well, she phoned me in Cape Town. And she said, you know, you turned 80 recently. 
Nobody's done a thing about it. I said, why should they? She said, well, it's a milestone. And she said she was going to do something about it. I said, you're kidding. She says, yes, I'm going to do something. And she put the show together, which is going on at DC Zulu. I believe uh, you've selected uh, <laughs> some of the stuff that you talked about, uh, Jay. So it's called Funniest Moments, hey. Jaloshni. <laughs> It's called Funniest Moments, and like Ronnie said, yeah. I just thought it was absolutely outrageous that nobody is celebrating a man who has contributed so much to the art. Well done and for that. And that is why it was, well it was something important to do, Alan. So. All right. And now, just to prove to Ronnie that you haven't been messing around and you have been rehearsing, uh, give us a couple of lines from one of uh, Ronnie's plays just to entice us as to what we can see Jaloshni doing and working her magic on stage. Give us a bit of Ronnie. <laughs> Come on, Jaloshni. Oh, Lana, you put me on the spot. On now, the let spot. me think. Do, let me think, do let me think. I, Akana? Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a character um, who's, a, who's a market gardener called Ram, um, right. and, you know, he tries to provide for his family. This is just coming straight off my head now. Okay. And uh, he tells his wares to the madams at the Berea in all those days, and his lines go something like, um, uh, fresh cabbages, fresh banya, madam, how can I help you, madam? Oh, madam, how are you, madam? How's madam's corn today? No, 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 madam. I mean, the variety on madam's feet. Oh, still painting, madam. You know what you must do, madam? Must put manja, madam. You don't know anything happens. We just put manja, put manja, put, put manja. No time, nothing gets better, madam. Must put manja and cook with manja too, madam. Uh, all right, well, we're looking forward to funniest moments uh, and uh, the uh, the work of uh, the brilliant Ronnie Governor. Jaloshni, we're going to let you go. Uh, I promise just after 7.30 that we'll release you back to your meeting and, and your work. So good luck with the run of it. Uh, you, and I'm sure you're going to do justice to uh, the fine body of work that uh, Uncle Ronnie has produced over the years. Uh, thank you so much, Alan. And um, I hope we, I know we're going to get a great audience and it's a lovely uh, I mean, all the best moments of Ronnie took place. So I think it's a fitting tribute to an amazing man. Phenomenal. Uh, on stage at the Zulu Theatre in Sabaya. Good luck to you and the rest of uh, the team putting it together. Thanks, Jalosh. Thank you, Alan. So, you know, I mean, you know, to have Jaloshni say those things, and I know when I, you know, we walked into the studio and I said, you. You know, humility is right up there. And you know, she keeps saying these things, and you know, I'm afraid my head is uh, getting so big it's going to fill this room now. Well, there's nothing and wrong I, with I, that. <laughs> okay, uh, let's quickly take you back to uh, to your childhood days. You yeah. know, and I want to talk about the young boy who eventually became the man who is Ronnie Governor. What's your earliest memory from from back in the day? Oh, so many splendid me- memories in Cato Manor. I mean, you know, uh, as kids we would romp around the district quite innocently, and yeah. we mixed. Without, without a care in the world, uh, uh, and I what had, was family life like? Oh, wonderful! Uh, one of the, the great things about family life in Cater Manor was yeah. the joint family system, which uh, I think was also a saving grace in a very harsh economic times. You know, mm. uh, look, unemployment was endemic. Right, TB. You know, cited its way through. Uh, impoverished community. Are we talking about like the late 30s, 40s? Yeah, yeah. yeah? Uh, I mean, as, as kids, you know, this didn't hit us so much because we were protected by our parents mm. who worked very hard to provide us with everything. Uh, however, I mean, you know, things were so bad that if that family, if the joint family system, if the people didn't pull together, they would have found it extremely hard to cope with the circumstances. Mm. Uh, just as uh, you know, I'm not exaggerating. I say when 
One person in, say, in a family of 10 or maybe 15, a joint family of 15, got a job. The whole family had cause to celebrate because tomorrow they would have something on the table and the kids would mm. you know, uh, be able to go to school, that sort of thing. Uh, but, I mean, as I said, we, you know, they, those were carefree times, you yeah. know. Tell me your upbringing. Was it strict? I mean, mum and dad, did they... Uh... No, and I think I, you know, I uh, attribute much of the way I look at life today to their very open way of bringing us up. You know, um, they didn't push things down our throats. Mm. My father was strict. He was a bit of a dis disciplinarian. If you got out of hand, the belt was out. Nothing wrong with that because, you know, I mean, I, I suppose that taught you the do's but and the But my mother thought that there was a lot wrong with that. I mean, really? she, she would be very upset with him. I, I mean, I, are you a disciplinarian? I mean, <laughs> No, I'm not. I, you know, uh, um, this is a constant discussion in, in family circles, yeah. in our family circles. Right. Because my wife is pretty strict, you know, and uh, she, she comes from the old school of saying, you know, spare the rod and uh, spoil the child. Uh, I find it difficult to do that. I'm a bit of a coward. I opt out. But uh, I, I guess there's got to be, you know, a kind of balance. Okay. Yeah. But I, 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 I am averse to punishing children. I think it's such a terrible thing. Well, when we say punishing, talking about, uh, you know, hitting yeah, physical yeah, violence, yeah, yeah. Which, which I'm with you, by the way. And I'm, I'm glad, uh, you know, uh, caning kids in school and things are yeah. something in the past. Now, talking about school, what's your school memories like? Wonderful. I mean, you know, there was this uh, um, far-sighted uh, educationist, the principal of our school, Mr. Barnabas. Which school was this? Cater Manor Government Aided Indian School. That's what it was called. And, then. and what year are we looking at? Are we looking at the 40s? So Mr. Barnabas. Yeah. Right. And uh, I've uh, immortalized him in At the Edge. At the Edge. He's the narrator there. He goes back into the beautiful sort of uh, memories that he has of the school, which he's about to vacate because of the Group Aries Act. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I remember all the schoolmates. One of the guys that I remember very well, I, you know, uh, Vinayagam, uh, who... Um, you know, carved out his, he did fretwork and he uh, cut out this beautiful coach, um, royal coach, which, wow. be, which stood in the principal's office. How big was this? I mean, it, it was quite big. It was a miniature, but it was quite wow. big, you know. Uh, and, My dad and, did one of those. Uh, is that so? Yeah, and uh, we, we still have it. It, it was done in immaculate detail. In you know? wood, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fretwork, you know. The, wow. uh, and... Uh, during sports days, there was a guy called Jay Singh who was a tremendous athlete, you know. Uh, and those pictures come to mind. Wow. Uh, very much so. And uh, we used to go to sports days that were great. Are you still in uh, contact with, with anyone from your school days? Uh, yeah, you know, very seldom. Now that I've moved to Cape Town, mm. you know, this is one of the things that I miss. But Facebook and social media, I mean, there's a whole different world of connecting people <laughs> now. I mean, are yeah. you online? Do you play in the uh, Facebook, Twitter space? No, I'm afraid, you know, I... Um, uh, I'm not technologically geared up, although I do right. a bit of Facebook when I have the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, now uh, would uh, would uh, you know now that I'm uh, sort of riding into the sunset, every bit of time is important to what do you mean <laughs> to to do some writing? You're going to live I long. I cram in as much writing as I can, you know, <laughs> especially gonna, in the wee hours of the morning. We're going to talk about that. Mm. Uh, you know, um, I'm I also know, and Yashika tells me that you pursued a law degree. Um, but you were unable to complete your studies due to a lack of funds. Yeah, in the 50s, I, w I went to Cape Town University 
and I had to pay. My, my parents up, up to that point had paid for us right through right. high school and all that. And, of course, times were tough, and we were a big family, and we had to find our own way in, in a manner of speaking. I had tremendous help from my eldest brother. Okay. How many of you were there, brothers and sisters? Well, there were nine of us, okay. you know, and... Um, uh, big families were the order of the day at the time. It was yeah. nothing unusual, right? Yeah. Because, you know, m- you know, most guests who were around, uh, you know, uh, 40s, 50s, 60s come from fairly substantial families. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I mean, it was very warm, very beautiful. Except when, you know, uh, a member passes on, it's very tough to take. But uh, getting back to um, studying at Cape Town University, yeah. I worked for a newspaper called The New Age. I did a sports column. W- tell me, was this at UCT? Yeah, UCT. So the road statue was still up there at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was there. It was there. Um, And I earned a a, a small stipend with which I paid my fees. Yeah. uh, Doing law, first year law. Right. And the um, newspaper was banned suddenly in October. I couldn't pay my fees and I had to leave. Yeah. And it was the New Age. The New Age. It was a communist newspaper, so-called okay. communist newspaper, right. which followed on the heels of the Guardian, the old Guardian. Okay. And you, you're doing sport? You're writing sport there? Yeah. No, I did a sports column. Sports column. Yeah. And I, I did that for some years afterwards when I finally graduated as a teacher. Part-time, I was sports editor of The Leader. Now, sport played an important role in the makeup of Ronnie Governor because you were also a founding executive member of the South African Soccer Federation professionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you played a significant role in SACOS, the South African Council on Sport. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I remember SACOS when I was a lighty, Chris mm-hmm. McAdooch taking us to meetings and telling me no normal sport in an abnormal society. Yeah, it was a slogan that, uh, you know, uh, featured in my column, uh, Ronnie Governor says, many years before it became current in uh, higher circles, yeah. uh, no normal sport in an abnormal society. Uh, there was a kind of uh, ferment, you know, fermentation. There was this um, the, this feeling um, that but it was slowly gathering ground, this, this uh, activism, sports activism. So did he use the sport as a way to fight the system? Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, you know, um, apartheid sport took its toll and um, a lot of our um, uh, great talent was wasted, you know. I mean, um, if you look back at, say, a bowler like Pasraman Toplin, mm. great spin bowler, uh, Pasraman Toplin uh, caught the eye of Keith Miller when the Australian team came down and Keith asked him to, you know, we saw this youngster playing around right. and he said, come bowl, bowl at me and Pasraman bowled him. Uh, twice, wow. bowled him out, and uh, Keith Miller said, "You should be in the South African side." But of course, he couldn't. Yeah. Which was sad because there are many stories like that. Huh? Yeah, no, there's the other story of Kitsa Domini. Yeah, I was privy to um, uh, you know uh, a sparring match behind closed doors. In those days, they couldn't blacks couldn't fight whites, even spar with them. But uh, the champion would come down from England, Kid Berry, right. needed sparring and he was being starved of uh, sparring, uh, I think purposefully, because he was fighting the South African white champion. Uh, he was a light heavyweight and they needed sparring badly and uh, the trainer of Kid Saddam and his Seaman Chetty would campaign overseas was known by Jimmy Wilson, who was the manager of Kid Berry. So he says, hey, you know what, K- K- uh, uh, Seaman, I need sparring very, very badly. He says, look, I've only got a featherweight here and, and your man is a lightweight so please bring him along he can sharpen my boys you know yeah. uh, game and then behind closed doors at the old seaman hall in Point Road uh, Point yes, Road then and, and we were gathered there and I saw an amazing thing 
you know, they were just sparring around and suddenly the big guy um, caught uh, Salamani on the top of his head. Salamani ducked under it, right. but Salamani reacted. A short, sharp right hook delivered with absolute precision and timing. Caught him on the jaw and he dropped. He's down. Now, this was like a toy palm fighting a German shepherd. <laughs> Never in the annals of history did wow. such a thing happen. Jimmy Wilson was so excited. He said, Simon, we must take this kid overseas. Uh, and he phoned up uh, his uh, promoter in, in, uh, in uh, Wembley Stadium and he said, I've got this kid. And he said, please bring him over. They applied for his passport. And guess what? Declined. Yeah. Wow. Such wastage. Talking of sports stars, uh, you know, some, some names that come to mind from the soccer world. Taramon, Sunarayan Lal, Strini Mudli. Oh, and presently Sugar, uh, Sugar Singh, Sugar who's Singh. doing such good yeah. work coaching, I believe. Yeah. Super Naidu, who's doing amazing work now with, with little kids. Vincent Pillay. Vincent Pillay, I tell you, uh, Bob Pillay, the great centre forward. Do you feel cheated, you know, that uh, you know, guys like this just didn't uh, have the opportunity to shine? You know, I guess it's natural for us to feel bad about this. You know, we've, I, For a long time, I felt so bad about it that it was difficult for me to get to grips mm. with you know, sport when it was sort of normalised. And to, to, to shout for South Africa, I'm talking about when it just when yeah. things began to thaw. I, was, I remember sitting watching the West Indies when they first came here, playing against the, uh, well, then there were Springboks and then, of course, the Proteas. Proteas, yeah. Yeah, and then I was sitting with my little grandson and I watched him and he was shouting for his country. Yeah. And I was about to say, hey, you know what? These guys didn't give our guys a break, mm. you know? And I stopped myself because, you know, that's how the poisons of the past sure. uh, passed on. But, I mean, I, I you know, um, I did, uh, you know, feel strongly against this whole kind of hierarchical thing. <clears throat> and I suddenly threw in my weight at that time with the West Indies. You know, things have since, of course, mellowed. Well, we're still going to talk about some of uh, your remarkable work, more than 16 plays. Uh, and also, I just want to get a chance to uh, to talk about, uh, you know, your career away from uh, theatre and the stage. But before we do that, uh, one or two calls lined up for you tonight, uh, Ronnie Govender. Mm -hmm. If you just tuned in a bit late, uh, we're 17 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Our uh, remaining moments uh, with the brilliant uh, Dr. Ronnie Govender. If you want to connect with Ronnie, maybe from your childhood days, you may have worked with Ronnie or just a fan of his work, uh, we'll take two or three calls. We can't go to too many calls tonight. We still want to rattle off a few more questions to Ronnie. But 089-310-8789. 089-310-8789. First caller for Ronnie is from Sea Cow Lake, and it's Mr. Singh. Evening, Mr. Singh. Good evening, Alan. How, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. And how are you? I'm doing excellent. All the better for hearing my very, very good friend, Ronnie on air. Hi, Ta Ronnie. Hi, Pearl. This is Sunny Singh, your, your Lani. Hey, Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> the man who took the Lani's pleasure to Phoenix, eh? That is correct. And yeah. I, I remember that so fondly, my brother. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you were quite an uh, enterprising uh, young man at the time. Yeah. And then yeah. you had the vision. I mean, you know, there were no holes in uh, Phoenix. Um, but you said, no, I want to take Lani's pleasure there. And, and yeah. tell me, Sonny, what Wait, was it like? The only way it all started. Yeah. The White House Hotel. Yes, that's right. The, yeah. That's where the play yeah. began. Yeah. I mean, the seeds were planted 
for the writing of the play at the White absolutely, House Hotel. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the highlights, I think, in my in my lifetime, Ronnie. But I think, uh, Ronnie, all the better if I'm hearing you, buddy. Nice to know that you're well. Did speak to Bazzi a few days ago. Excited. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm sure you're going to come there and see uh, old Bazzi back in action. Yes, yes, yes. We we booked a few weeks ago. Well, we booked when it opened. Uh-huh. So yes, he told me that, yeah. Don't uh, get me on stage to dance or something. Hmm. <laughs> right, listen, Sonny, nice to hear from you. Thanks for calling well, in and connecting. Too, and Shot, Sonny, day, take listen, care. When you're down again, we got to, I told Bazzi, we got to meet and have lunch or tea or something just for all time's sake. Buddy. No, certainly. You can, you can crush a bunny. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Good. Not a problem. All right, Thank Sonny. for a friend. All right, Sonny. God bless. Bye-bye. And thanks a lot, buddy. You're welcome. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank also, you. Eh? Appreciate your time. Thank you, Sonny. God yeah. bless you. Bye-bye. 14 minutes away. Let's go from uh, Seacar Lake to Chatsworth. Tony Governor's on the line. Evening, Tony. Alan, how are you? I'm hundreds. How are you tonight? Cool. Cool, my brother. Cool. And you know what? I must yeah. really commend you for bringing a stalwart like Mr... And a real stalwart, Ronnie Governor, onto the show. Well, it's Dr. Ronnie Governor. He's got honorary doctorate oh, now. Oh, well, no, Don't worry know, about the doctor. Must, uh, <laughs> I expect people in there, you know, who's listening in to know, hey, he's not a Mr. but he's a doctor. Yeah. No, but no, don't worry about to that. I say, you know, Alan, yeah. all I want to say is this, you know, firstly, I want to, you know, thank everybody for sort of, uh, you know, bringing Ronnie onto the show. And secondly, I want to say mm. that, that, you know, the play that you really produced, Right. That stands out for me most was the Lani's pleasure. Without getting into details and without sort of uh, giving any answers to any questions, yeah. but I want to say that stood out for me the most. And I think with all the other plays that Ronnie has produced, mm. you know, I can tell you one thing, uh, Ellen. Yeah. There is no other writer that I can think of that comes from, you know, our community. When I say our community, I'm not even biased. I'm saying from the so-called Indian community that can produce plays like this. And you know what? I hope and I wish that Ronnie Governor continues. I know he's like sort of semi-retired or he's taking a retirement, but I hope he produces more plays like this. And I hope he brings to the fore that people like us can go there and watch these live plays. Because I can tell you one thing. Star Wars like Ronnie Governor is not recognized in this country. And I'm saddened. I'm saddened that accolades have been given to people that we don't even know of. But people like Ronnie Governor is not even you know, sort of uh, uh, given an accolade to, you know. This is my con- uh, bone of contention, and I want, the, you know, the listeners to know that, and I want them to voice the opinion and say, yes, we agree, because at the end of the day, Alan, yeah. you know, the plays that we've seen and the plays that, we've, you know, that every other community is from all walks of life have seen, they've given Ronnie Governor an accolade in their own way. Well, he's but a national we treasure. Need, we need we need Ronnie Governor to, be, to, to give an accolade to say, listen, you have done your bit. You are a South African. And you know what? There's a merit of award and what have you. You, well, you know, he's got a presidential award, the Order of Ikamanga, right? Uh, so uh, he's been bestowed uh, that and many others. Uh, what would you like, uh, Tony? What are you suggesting? Propose something. Give me an idea. I want, I want to propose that Ronnie Governor yeah. be given an accolade for a citizen of KZN. Right, a former KZN citizen. I, I know he's moved on to Pretoria or whatever. But the thing is, Cape Town. I want I want KZN, uh, I want to recognize Ronnie Governor who come from here to be given that ownership. You know, so that everybody knows that hey, there's a person, there's a human, there's a person that can write a play. Also, tomorrow he can write a play. With, you know, with what's happening? Sure. You know, in, in, in the current situation. So, 
as we can say, I mean, you've, you've read number 49 and, and so forth, but I don't want to get into details, but right. I can tell you now, Ronnie Governor's got the merits, he can do it, and he can write another play that, uh, of that. Excellent, so, Tony. Thank thanks you, thanks for calling. Show, Appreciate it. Thanks, so, Tony. So, Tony wants you to get the freedom of the province. Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, you know, how, how does that rest with you? Well, uh, you know, I mean, I'd be totally uh, humbled by <laughs> such a... You know, despite all the success, hmm. Ronnie, you, you don't do it for the accolades, right? You do it to tell a story. Yeah, no, I, you know, I love telling stories, you know, I, you know, from the time I was a kid when I, yeah. when I used to hear those wonderful stories that my mother and my granny used to tell us, you know, mostly stories of mythology, but gripping stories. Do you remember any of those? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's the story of Aridas and, and Satyavan Savitri, and I used to be chuffed with Satyavan Savitri because uh, the hero was named after me. My real name is Satyasil and Guru Lingam Governor. Well, you know, I was going to save that to the end because uh, I, I managed to pull out the citation that I read for you on stage last year when you gave you the honorary doctorate. Okay. Uh, you know, but now you've uh, stolen my thunder, which is okay, <laughs> which is okay. That's fine. Uh, but uh, we've just got one more caller and then we're going to try and wrap up with a few questions, uh, Ronnie. Mm. We're staying in Chatsworth and it's Mr. Reddy who's called in. Evening, Mr. Reddy. How's it, Alan, from the Three Pointer Star again? Good to hear from Hi, you. Hi, Ronnie. Hi. Today... I am 66 years old, and the Tamil New Year is upon us. Happy yeah. New Year, Mr. Happy Reddy. New Year. Yeah. Danny Naidu of the coach of Venom Savers and y- Avalon Athletics. Yes, yes. That's what a brilliant my, coach. That's, that's my uncle. My oh, uncle. amazing coach. Amazing coach. Really, one of our greats. 43 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And you have been an epitome of people that, made society of South Africa. Oh, if people recognize you then, we would have been a better society today. Yeah, it's I know. But I mean, the people like you it's recognize what, what me you and that's did. important for me. It's what you did. Mm-hmm. From simple beginnings in Manor to what you are today, people recognize you. And these are the people who say, Ronnie Governor, you are us and we are you. Ronnie, Absolutely. Sydney mm. ready, super money ready. In fact, yeah, yeah. I'm you on this wonderful day of the Tamil New Year. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. Reddy. That's Go lovely well. words. Thank yeah. you. You know, uh, Maya Angelou said, uh, Ronnie, that uh, people will forget what you said. Uh, they'll probably forget what you did, mm-hmm. but uh, they will always remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. But of course. And you know, that's that's what you're doing. You know, people are recollecting your work. Um, recollecting how they felt when they saw the Lani's Pleasure or At The Edge or any of the other phenomenal work mm. that you did. But I want to talk to you now about the work of your lifetime, meeting your wife. Mm. <laughs> the ultimate right. act. How mm. did the two of you meet? Yeah, no, you know, I was a bit of a tunsu. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I haven't heard that. Uh, I was regarded as a tonsu in the district because right. uh, I used to go and uh, pinch all the mangoes from the neighbors' yards and that sort of thing as I grew up. Tell know. me, was it ripe mangoes or green mangoes? <laughs> yeah, well, I did. I barely gave those mangoes a chance to ripen before they were. So, so <laughs> before green, I snapped them off so the bar. Chili powder and salt, or did Absolute you sell them? Chili powder and salt, the works. Okay. And uh, yeah, now, um, you know, there was a bit of a wager when this pretty young lass came into the district and uh, the guy said, uh, hey, there's somebody very nice there. Yeah. And I guess, um, and I, the bet was taken who was going to be the first guy to uh, go up to the young lady right. and introduce himself. And you clearly won the bet. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. What was the bet? 
What no, 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 that was him. Oh, just a no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah the guy did. Uh, so, uh, just a sack of mangoes made yeah. the on it. Okay. And I took on the dare, and uh, yeah. now I have eight grandchildren. How many years later? Oh. <laughs> Am I putting you on the spot? No, 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 you aren't. I, I, look, I mean, I think it's about, my wife's going to kill me now. Right. I, I think it's about 50, what, 56 years now, oh, 57 remarkable. years, yeah. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. 57 beautiful years. Mm -hmm. And uh, may there be 57 beautiful more. Now, you know, just to quickly move away from your wife, because we've only got about six minutes and there's a few things that I want to squeeze in here. Uh, and I also want you to uh, to, to uh, recite one of your poems for us before we leave. Uh, South African breweries, you could have really moved up the corporate ladder. Uh, and you, you arrived at a point where you decided, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, the corporate world and SAB and making beer for a living is not what Ronnie Governor wants to do. There's other work that needs to be done. Yeah, look, I enjoyed my um, <clears throat> my stay there, but uh, you know, in the six when I turned sixty, and and I and I wondered, what am I doing? I got one life. What am I doing? I'm selling beer. Oh no, of course, beer has its place. I mean, uh, I should be the first one to say that. Yeah. Uh, although I uh, don't imbibe anymore. However, I said no. What's important in terms of my own existence? Just one life on this earth. Mm. And I said no. I feel that I should give myself more to my writing and to doing plays and I quit the breweries everybody thought I was mad because they were you know it was career enhancement in the offing uh, I would have been today at I think in a quite a senior position could have been in a senior yeah. position so you left in, the, in the world's second largest brewery so you left SAB uh, and you went to transform a rundown restaurant yeah, that's into, right. into a community yeah, theater yeah whatever little savings i had applied into this restaurant did a little theater there yeah um, very exciting because i was able to get in uh, groups like the Kwamashu youth group right. and give them a platform free of charge to perform their plays so what do you think about the you know the theater scenario and environment in South Africa today. Are you proud of it? But there are mixed feelings, you know, because there's sudden little groups getting up and doing things like here in Durban, there's a, <clears throat> you know, people are keeping them alive, uh, theater alive, like the Dingalings are keeping theater alive. Mm. People striving against, you know, great odds. Uh, things haven't changed all that much, but, you know, uh, TV and all that have opened up new vistas for our actors. Yeah. Some of the people who have passed through my hands, like Jack Donorain and Leander Reddy, are doing very well in soaps. In, uh, well, welcome in Somi, Manu Padiachi, Manu, yeah. Kesi mm. Gavinder, Stanley Miandu, mm. Isop Khan. Uh, you mentioned Jack, you mentioned Leander, Rajesh Gopi, who was... Uh, yeah, he's done very well, uh, oh, Rajesh. Rajesh was in that seat a couple of weeks ago. Of course, mm. Jaloshni was also there and we chatted to her. Pat Pillay. Yeah, Pat Pillay, oh, amazing actor, truly amazing actor. I, I really, uh, you know, um, enjoyed working with him on, at the edge. Also, uh, your books, Ronnie, and I'll quickly touch on that, uh, have achieved international acclaim. In 1997, I think, you had a collection of short stories uh, at, at the, the edge. edge and other Cater Manor stories that won the Commonwealth Writers' Prize for Best First Book in Africa. Yes, it did, yeah. How yeah. did that make you feel? Oh, it was out of the blue, suddenly out of the blue, but uh, I, you know, I felt justified. And what followed after that was that I was able to take the story of Kata Manor to the stages of the world. Yeah, I know the late Professor Kader Asmal said uh, your novel, Song of uh, the Atman, uh, as a South African classic. Yeah, uh, and it was also shortlisted for the Commonwealth Prize in 2006. Mm -hmm. Talking of books, uh, Sunny Pillay, uh, who was uh, also my guest a couple of months ago, was here. We were talking his life and talking about karate. He mentioned to us that you are writing his autobiography. And if memory serves me correct, it's called Reaching for the Mango. That's right. 
Yeah, now, uh, you know, I felt that Sunny's story uh, must be told because for me he's a role model to our younger people. Um, you know, one wonders why uh, Indian youth have suddenly sort of withdrawn from sport when we produce such greats in the in the past, and I think it's, they are in sore need of a mm-hmm. role model like Sunny. Well, you know, uh, we had a caller come in just now, Tony Governor, who said you should get the freedom of uh, the province, uh, and I know the Tequini Municipality and the KwaZulu-Natal Premier's Office have already given you the honour of a living legend. That's right. Uh, And, you know, you've got a lot of these accolades over the years. Which one stands out for you the most? You know, it's difficult to to tell. I I, I think, you know, I had to answer this question when somebody asked me, this uh, newspaper reporter, and I said, and I said this not out of false sense of humility, but genuinely, you know, when I hear people like Tony Governor from uh, Chatsworth and Sunny Singh, you know, um, speak with such warmth. You know, I feel that's that's accolade enough. For Mission me. accomplished. Isn't Mission it? accomplished. Yeah, and that's really all you want. You want to connect with your audience. Yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, before I find out the secret to your success, and hopefully you'll share the formula with me, because uh, God knows I need it. Uh, but I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. So mm-hmm. you're gonna fire off the first answer that comes to mind: West End or Broadway? Um, um West End. Roger Moore, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Shakespeare, Oscar Wilde. Both. Romantic getaway or holy pilgrimage? Romantic getaway. Breakfast in bed or sunrise jog? Sunrise jog. Jaloshni Naidu or Auntie Ramba? <laughs> Both. <laughs> uh, Mayweather or Pacquiao? I think Pacquiao. It's, uh, I think old Mayweather pulled a trick here. He didn't beat, He didn't fight this guy at his yeah. peak uh, with all sorts of dodges like he was taking drugs and all that. Well, I'm, I'm also a Pacquiao guy because <laughs> yeah. we share a birthday, so I'm in Manny's camp. Okay. Finally, Edinburgh or Grahamstown? Uh, Edinburgh, certainly. How do you think history will reflect on the life and times of Dr. Ronnie Governor? Uh, I hope not as a Tunso. <laughs> certainly not, I can promise you that. But certainly a man who accomplished his dreams uh, and who made a difference to the lives of those around him and helped improve the quality of life for many others. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you. So, all said and done, Ronnie, what's the secret to your success? Uh, you know, I, I often ask myself that it's a, that's a difficult one. Uh, you know, I, I just think that, uh, you know, if you're doing something that you love, yeah, especially if you're, you know, doing a, a job, you know, if you're doing uh, if you're a job for a living and you love what you're doing, I think that's, uh, you know, the secret to your success. In my case, of course, I had to hold on jobs to do the thing that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what sustained me, this need to tell stories, to tell stories about people. Well, I think part of that secret uh, to the success has been your wonderful love story with uh, Kamalam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know when we uh, gave you the honorary doctorate last year at DUT, uh, we spoke about uh, Padmanathan and uh, also Prega. And what was very touching for me is when, um, you know, you, you, rem- you mentioned in your speech uh, where you wanted to dedicate uh, the doctorate to the memory of your eldest son who had passed on Dianandan. Yeah. You know, no parent would uh, want to see... Uh, a son, a child, go before they do, mm. and this was a devastating blow. Uh, you know, um, very, very difficult to uh, to swallow, to get over. Well, it's all part of the story, isn't it? I guess so. And uh, may you, in the words of Mr. Spock, live long and prosper. 
Dr. Ronnie Governor, and thank you for the memories and for giving us an hour of your time. And we look forward to bumping into you at the Zulu Theatre over the next couple of days with Jaloshni doing her thing with your funniest moments. Thank you very much, Alan. And you keep up the splendid work. As I told you earlier before we started this, that you are taking the talk shows to a different level. Thank you very much. That's uh, remarkable for me to hear that from you.